Hi everyone and welcome to The Femaling Show. I am your host, Nicole Goodman, and I am a woman's identity expert and coach. As women, we fall into different phases of identity throughout adult life and during these, our challenges can look pretty similar. Here at WRS, I will be talking to you about the real issues we all face and even the ones we can silently struggle with. Through honest, heartfelt conversation here at Femaling, you will learn how to accept yourself, understand yourself and be yourself. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Femaling. I'm your host Nicole Goodman and I have an amazing topic today. It's actually my favourite topic of all time. We are talking authenticity and yes I have talked about it here before on the show but I have the most amazing guest to come and do this very important topic with me because I think last time I talked about it I only talked about it on my own. I have none other than Ronnie Clifford. Ronnie is my mentor in life and my coach in life. And she's a woman, which you will hear in this conversation, has been very instrumental in my life. She is a master certified coach and leadership trainer. She is a senior faculty member at CTI, which is the coaches. Having spent the last decade as a coach and trainer with IBM, Ronnie weaves her corporate and leadership roles together beautifully, thus enabling her to bring the benefits of both roles to every part of her professional life. Ronnie says, my passion is to create authentic leadership with my clients, be it in the boardroom, the classroom, in their community or their family. I know that when people are authentic, they have more impact with less effort. Ronnie, welcome to Femaling. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. I'm humbled. I, Who is this woman you just introduced? <laughs> she's ve- she's she's you and I'm listen, I'm the one that's humbled I and I really am. Um I'm so happy that you have given your time here to Femaling. I've wanted you to come on the show and this podcast for forever. Um And I'm so excited to share your voice with my listeners and to share your wisdom and for people to get a little bit of your magic that I I get to experience and have done for the last three years. It's been three years since we met. Can you believe it? Beautiful. Well, it's an absolute honour to be here. And um, yeah, I'm just um, inspired by the way you have created this amazing gift for the world. So great to be here. Thank you. So we're talking about authenticity. And um, when Ronnie and I jumped on a call last week, we were just because I knew I wanted you on the podcast, but we didn't really have a topic in mind, did we? Um, And we both kind of completely decided that this authenticity was going to be the route that we wanted to take. Can you just give us what your version of authenticity is like? How would you describe it for those people that don't understand what it might be? Yeah, it's it's actually a great place to start because, of course, we all, in every way we show up in our lives, we think we're being authentic and and we are, um, except what I would say is that, you know, to really understand who we are at our core, like our our identity, you kind of got to do some work. You've got to kind of undo some conditioning that maybe you got from society or or your family or whatever and actually dig into like what are your values Mm -hmm. and and how do you honor your values uh and and be fulfilled Mm -hmm. um you know fulfillment is that energy of um being pulled forward to create the life you want as opposed to when we're not being we're not honoring our values and we're not being authentic 
uh, life feels like a bit of a grind. It feels heavy and complicated and difficult. So I would say uh, being authentic is uh, knowing what your value system is, having a vision for your life um, that is values based and actually daring to go and create the life you want to lead. <laughs> daring, daring to daring. go. Yeah. I think there's daring. one, there's one thing that you have told me over and over and over again, and you can never say it too many times to me is that living by your values or living an authentic life is a radical act. It takes radical bravery. Courageous authenticity. It's like really daring to be seen, daring to, as we say, as I say, um, daring to play to mm. win. Because mm. we're conditioned yeah. to play not to win. Well, we're conditioned to play not to lose, actually. Oh. <laughs> and so that's which is interesting, right? It's like we're conditioned, uh, certainly in my experience, um, we're conditioned to to have the capacity to react to all the circumstances that other people create for us. So playing not to lose, what that means is that we become masters at um, reacting to circumstances that other people create. Reacting to circumstances that other people create. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like there's a story in a book called Leadership from Within uh, by Kevin Cashman. And he talks about interviewing this really successful guy. And um, the guy says, "Uh, I need some help. You know, my, my first school decided my university and my university decided my you know, what my first job was going to be. And and then my first job decided my second job. And now I find myself, I've opened a, a worldwide f- operations facility. I've got a marriage. I've got kids. I've got a mortgage. And I don't wow. know who I am anymore. God. Yeah. Yeah. And so life happens to us if we don't kind of take charge and decide to create the life that we want to lead. And it's radical because you're going to upset people. You're going to start saying yes and no to people and things, including yourself, by the way, that you haven't said yes and no to before. So that's why it's radical and that's why it's courageous. And how how do people, like, how would you suggest you make your peace with that? Because that's one of the pieces that I've always struggled with. Like, I'm good with standing in my authenticity and being who I am and, and I... I've experienced every single thing that you've just said and shared here. And of course I have, because you've been my coach Mm. for a long time. Um, And you, you know, you've kind of held my Mm. hand through this process, but the part that I still fall down on is the disappointing other people or not showing up how other people in inverted commas expect me to, um, and kind of letting Mm. go of that people pleasing, letting go of that need to, I guess, still be understood by my peers. I, I've really struggled there. What can you, what do you yeah. say to that piece? I'll contextualise it with what we've already spoken about. So the playing not to lose is, uh, you know, a part of that is pleasing. Okay, you know? yeah. Um, and, and if you think it's, um, and, and let's, be, let's be honest, playing not to lose is you're in self-sabotage. You, you, you're giving your power away when you play in that territory. And um, so, pl- so playing not to lose would be like, in an example, let's say, saying the right thing 
to a friend without wanting to offend her because you just you don't want to piss her off so you would just say something that you might not believe is that what you mean right or the the simple example is wanting to be liked okay okay yeah so you want to be liked, so you do things that please people because you want to be liked yeah whereas the the playing to win version of that yeah um would be you want to be respected and if you're liked on top of that even better Mm. but actually the place that you're you're focusing on is uh being respected respecting yourself and being respected by others yeah and it's different energy yeah yeah. different energy different behavior different action everything's Mm -hmm. suddenly different so Mm -hmm. so so you're going to upset people by living in you know your courageous authenticity what can you do where do where do we put that well you know really and this is where the kind of the leadership piece comes into it um you know as 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 people kind of uh discover who they are you don't do this like overnight you know we do this in layers and and we experiment with maybe not the most serious important relationships in our life to start off with and so there's got to be a there's got to be a permission you have to give yourself permission to kind of get to know who you are and permission to play with this stuff Mm -hmm. um and then you, you really have to learn to go and meet the other person where they are so that you can take them somewhere else and what I mean by that is you can help them understand that actually you know you may have been a pleaser up until now but actually you're really realizing that's not serving you in your life and you're not doing this to upset them. You're doing it for whatever reason you're choosing. Oh God, that's a brave conversation. That's a bra- <laughs> that, But it sounds very simple. Yep. But for me to show up like, yes, okay. I, I could, I could say that to my sister. Um, you know, there's certain people I could totally say that to without, and they would totally get it because they're on the same kind of journey as me and with this work, but it's mm. for me, for me to bring that into other relationships, it's, and I, and I have brought it into other relationships and it hasn't gone down well. Um, mm-hmm. and I've lost relationships because of that. Yep. Yeah. So, and I guess, is that still playing to win? Well, you know, um, I think as we learn and grow and we, we understand who we are more authentically at our core, often we are in relationships with people who actually don't honour our values, yeah. who are, you know, who, who we... And, and by the way, this is true for all relationships. It's not just obviously about you and I. Um, you know, as you go through life, um people come into it for a reason a season and a lifetime right yeah yeah um and it's about knowing knowing when to uh nurture and grow relationships but it's also about knowing when to when it's time to walk away yeah yeah and i guess there can be real beauty in the walking away um but it takes such self reflection doesn't it it takes such work to say actually, this doesn't work for me. This is not aligned with the person that I am today. And so mm. I need to do something about that. I mean, that's, so that's what you mean by like this radical bravery. It's a radical act. Yeah, it's not necessarily, well, it isn't comfortable. Um, 
but actually it is, you know, otherwise you live your life, you know, based around what other people want, which is, you know, not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not serving you as, as a, uh, as a, as a human being. Yeah. And I think that's, do you, do you see that more in women than men that you coach or is that universal? See what, sorry. See that that people live for what other people, how other people want you to live rather than living for yourself. Um, so, so I think there's a, there's an important distinction to make, which is, you know, if you have strong values around relationships, if you have strong values around uh, being of service, um, around growing yourself and other people, um, then, you know, you're going to be guided by that value system, aren't you? And so do I see it more in men than women than men? Mm, I, I, the, I don't have an answer for that. And so I would say the answer is probably no. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think it is particularly just a female thing. <laughs> okay. I, I feel quite relieved that it, <laughs> that it isn't just a female thing. I'm pleased. And obviously, you know, I coach mm. majority of majority of people I coach are women. So I hear it show up a lot. Um, yeah. But then I don't have the information. I coach very few men. I do coach some men. But I don't have that information to say that this is, this is happening with men because I don't know. Um, mm. So I was just curious to know if that was a female thing but it's not it's a it's something that people struggle with to live for themselves right to not live in the expectation and not live in the everything that's expected of us what society's expected of us and then as you always say it's in order to be who you are there's there's so much unlearning that we have to do it's not just a learning that's, yeah yeah that's the painful part right <laughs> the, the unlearning piece yeah so can we talk to that for a minute? What is in that unlearning piece? Like, why is that painful? What is it? If you think about the way the brain works, the neural pathways for those habits are like eight lane motorways. And, you know, the neurons can fly down them uh, easy, as, easy as pie. But actually, when you start to create new habits and new ways of being, it's like riding a bicycle through a wheat field. <laughs> you know, tiny little new neural pathway and of course you have to keep riding the bike and then maybe maybe a quad bike and then maybe a car and then maybe you'll start to build the road as you drive the car down it but it's going to take a lot of practice and typically as human beings you know we try things two or three times they don't they don't we don't feel comfortable we can talk about what comfortable is if you if you want but we don't feel comfortable so we give up you know and actually you've got to do something 28 times to create a new habit and as you know 10,000 hours to be masterful <laughs> she means that in the coaching sense the 10,000 hours of coaching to be a master coach um yeah and we do I mean to create a new habit to be masterful at that habit 28 hours did you say 28 times 20, to create a new habit. 28 times to create a new habit. I've got this um, issue with my daughter at the moment who wants to ride a bike. And she actually does ride a bike, but she refuses to get on the bike. And so I'm just thinking, and it's painful every time we try and get on a bike. And now I'm thinking, I've got to do it 26 more times. I don't think I can cope with 26 more times. But then that is so indicative, isn't it? That's so true about us human beings. Like it, it's, it's hard. And so we stop. Mm. 
And, you know, if you were to look at it a different way, which is by the end of the month, she's going to be amazing on her bike. Yeah. Then maybe that's even more compelling than thinking about the pain of the next 26 times. Yeah. 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 See why she's a coach? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But then that, and that's how our mind automatically goes to, right? I've just shown that beautifully, that instantly Mm. I'm thinking about the pain. I'm thinking about the arguments I'm thinking about the the struggle in order for her Mm. to get to a place of comfort and ease with her bike Mm. and so we had so and the go on yeah so the question really is like what is the prize why are we doing what we're doing it isn't isn't for the pain it's because there's there's a bigger picture you know yeah there's there's something about her being on her bike which is going to probably serve you as a family right for sure yeah we don't focus on the prize. We don't focus on the why. We focus on the struggle. Yeah, I mean, what tends to happen is, for most of us anyway, we don't have a vision. We don't have the bigger picture. We're on the dance floor and we need to get onto the balcony to see what's going on on the dance floor, you know? Yeah. We need to see the bigger picture, like in the context of life. What's important about this, not just, you know, the wood for the trees term yeah like you're so close you can't see what's going on yeah um and and when people don't have a vision then decisions that they're making on a day-to-day basis become very very tactical and so you don't see the prize what you see is the obstacle okay okay and do you think that very much informs our authenticity or our ability to stand in our authenticity Um, yeah, I mean, well, um, it's an interesting question. Do I think it stands in the way of us being authentic, which is what I heard? Um, I would say yes, because you're, you're not taking a step back. Right. And so, um, you can be consumed with the circumstances. Yeah the current circumstances as opposed to ones you want to create. Can I ask a question? Like how would you know in your experience Mm. when you're being authentic versus when you're not? Mm, That's a good question. Thanks. Um, Yeah. You must be a show host. (laughs) Um, So for me, it's an energy thing. It's about the way I feel. It's about my internal dialogue. Uh, it's about my energy. Mm. Um, you know, am I open, available and alert, like a goalkeeper ready to save a goal, mm. you know, on my tippy toes ready for life? Or am I closed, tense and protected? Yeah. You know, kind of shying away in a corner, yeah. not wanting the world to see me. Yeah. Beautiful. What a lovely, lovely metaphor. Yeah. It's so visual mm. as well. Like ready just to receive mm. and being mm. being on purpose, doing what it is you're supposed to be doing in that moment and just I guess alive, right? Ready, alive. That's beautiful. I mean what I um I was when I found this definition for myself, I was so excited because aliveness to me is where fear meets excitement. That kind of oh 
but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Aliveness is where fear meets excitement. I love that. I love that. Mm. Beautiful. There's been so many times mm. when there is so much excitement present in fear as well, isn't there? Actually, never really thought about it that way. Well, often people, I mean, I know I used to like, even when I first started doing this work, I I was like, God, I feel really uncomfortable. And then I had to, I had to decide to change that thought pattern myself and say, okay, this is the way it feels when I'm learning. It's not discomfort. I'm learning something. Mm-hmm. And just that mindset in itself um, made it easier for me to be with the discomfort yeah. <laughs> because I knew that I have a value around learning and personal growth and um, that I was honoring that value. Beautiful. And as you know, this is not a this is not a comfortable profession. Right? It is it is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done in my entire life, and mm-hmm. the the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my entire life. And one yeah. one thing I learned in the classroom at CTI was to lean in to that discomfort. And that discomfort mm. is always there to guide me and to inform me about something about myself, something about the other person, mm. something I need to learn. And I'll never, I remember what, I remember what this woman was wearing when she said it about leaning into the discomfort. It is there to teach you. And I, again, mm. from that moment had a very different mindset about what it meant to be uncomfortable. And now, you know, I'm just like, oh God, the discomfort's here again. Okay, all right, I surrender. What is it? Um, but yeah. it doesn't make it any easier. Like it doesn't. No. I'm I'm open, but it's still not a smooth, easy process. So what I like to say is because you know I'm I'm a I'm a one liner kind of girl. Sure. Um, nothing exciting ever happened in a comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> nothing it's like yeah nothing did no mm-hmm. and there's a lot of beauty in a comfort zone but there's no you know nothing ever grows from a comfort zone right well we all need a comfort zone but we also need to stretch ourselves and so it's really about um calibration like when when is it okay to be comfortable and when is it time to get outside your comfort zone mm. And as we go in full circle, you know, as we spoke about earlier, um, you know, fulfillment's a radical act or it takes courageous authenticity. Uh, you know, that requires us to get outside our comfort zone. And and how do you, how do we know when we're kind of, when it's time to get out? So it's in, that's interesting. Isn't it? So how did you know? Um, how did you know it was time to change professions or time to start something new? Because everything in my insides was screaming at me to do so. And I think there right. was, yeah. <laughs> so there's the answer. <laughs> um, it's like we, we know on the inside that we're, we have more to offer. There's, there's more to give to life. There's more to receive from life. Like there's more living to do. And in every cell in our body, we know that. And that's when it's time. Wow. You know, in the in the Native American teachings that I took, um, they say that true identity is embedded 
in cellular memory. Wow. True identity is embedded in cellular memory. So you can get your brain out of the way because your body knows. Your body knows. Mm. There's so much more wisdom in the body. You taught me that. That mm. I mean the the wisdom that my that my body sends to me, whether we choose to listen to it or not, is a different story. Um mm-hmm. My body's never lied to me. Never. It doesn't know how. <laughs> no. And I, and you can't cheat it, can you? No. No. So if you wake up with a bad back, like, okay, well, that bad back is there for a reason. Maybe you've been overdoing it or maybe you haven't done enough or maybe you just need to sit still or it's always going to tell mm. you something. Mm-hmm. And then the other way I also like to look at it is that when you get like sensations in your body or feelings or... um Often people just try and name the the feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid or I'm this or I'm that. But actually, it's your body's way of informing you. It hasn't got a voice. Yeah. It's your body's way of saying, pay attention. There's something to pay attention oh, to here. Yes. Yes. And actually now going back to that fear and excitement piece that you spoke about before, that feels very similar mm. in the body the sensation of it, you know, the racing heart, perhaps the clammy hands. For me, that's what it is anyway. Whether I'm in fear or whether I'm excited, actually the physical sensation is the same. Well, and then that's why I call it aliveness because the blood is pumping through your veins and you're on your tippy toes and you're ready and you don't know. Uh, And, you know, again, like not knowing, people can be frightened of that. But actually when you think about it, like that's that is exciting if life is just predictable the same old same old you know I get up I go to work I come home I go to bed I get up I go to oh, sorry, I get up I go to zoom I come home <laughs> yeah you know that is that's not living no but that's an existence but some people would say that but that's how they choose their life to be yeah, maybe. Uh, and I would question, really, are you choosing or are you just putting up with? Mm. Mm. Or do you not know how to do it any other way? Like, perhaps there's, do you know what I mean? Like, perhaps there's a lack of yeah. awareness yeah. or there's a lack of knowledge or tools about how else life can be. It's great. I love that you bring the how up because actually that is often the biggest trap. Uh, the needing to know how as opposed to your what (laughs) what is it you want I'm laughing because there were so many coaching calls where I would I would step straight into how but how 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 do I how do I do that and you'd always bring me back to the what yeah yeah and it used to drive me fucking crazy but But you know, but no, and it it's meant to, right? And um, and I do it with mm-hmm. my clients now because the how I have learnt through blood, sweat, and tears reveals itself in its own time. When you know, when you know the what. When you know the what. So so can we talk about the what? What's what's in the what? Yeah. The 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 what is like what you want to create. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I will remember for the rest of my life your introduction in the course that I led where you said you wanted to make a difference in women's lives and you were more articulate than that (laughs) and and what happened in the room like 
for those of you who are listening, I mean, the energy in the room was just on fire. And 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 Nicole basically almost like had everyone's heart. Uh, it was extraordinary. And and when people are connected to their what in the way that you're connected to your what, that's what changes the world. Thank you. I will say um, that that moment, and you and I have discussed this at length before, that was a life-changing moment. Now, it potentially might not have been if it wasn't you facilitating that course. Um, and what you did for me in that moment changed me forever in that one moment. Um, and this is when I knew about the power of coaching because you you stopped everything and you made everybody pick up on what what coaches call the level three. It's like the energy in the room, like what's here? Let's let's talk about what's here. Look at what this woman's just created. And I remember you came mm. up to me in the break and you said it to me again, like you've exactly what you just said. And that's the moment when I knew that I had something else to offer other than a, a good haircut. I, I mm. just knew it in my bones. And it. I don't think I would have, I, I'm not sure I would be here today doing what I do with as much passion and heart and, um, and hope if you hadn't acknowledged me in that moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I... Um... Well, I think what you're speaking to is um, being witnessed, yes. being seen, yes, and actually stopping to take the time to do that. And we were obviously we were in a large group as well, so the the impact of having twenty five sets of eyes on you, <laughs> yeah, and and being seen and claiming that um, it's a kind of giving and receiving. But yeah, I mean, I am blessed um, to have the opportunity to, you know, create those moments for people um, or, or not really. I don't create them. All I do is shine a light on them. You know, you created it. I just. Uh, yeah, and there's this. I just shine a light on it. And thank thank God you did. And, and thank you. And I, I, forever, I will forever be grateful. We've spoken about it many times. Um, and there's mm. something so beautiful about being able to offer that to somebody else and to be able to say I see you I see your authenticity I see your beauty because we don't necessarily always see it in ourselves in fact we very rarely see it in ourselves and I remember a piece of my homework that I had when I was going through certification was that I had to go and acknowledge five people every day and it was the most <laughs> beautiful piece of homework because I remember going up to a woman yeah. at, at Waitrose I think she was she was a cashier and I just said to her, this was, and this was before the global pandemic, when obviously we do feel very grateful for the people in the supermarkets anyway. Um, and I said to her, thank you so much. Thank you for helping me pack. I just thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And I think I gave her a compliment about mm. a something she was wearing. The, mm. the, the beaming, the smile, the magic that I created for her. It, and it yeah. didn't cost anything. It was nothing, no. and it was, it it was just a very special. It was a very special moment, and to see the power in how people need to be seen, and how important it is to offer yeah. that, very beautiful. And so, um, yeah, the what is is it can be, you know, as simple as uh, the vision that you have for your life, uh, 
It can be as big as a legacy you want to leave. Um, and by the way, you know, a legacy can be, actually it can be big or small. It can be in your family unit and it can be in the world. Um, and my belief is that we all have a unique gift. And when we put our energy into that, that's when we find our thing. Yeah. You know, when we dare to express it. When we dare to express it. Yeah, we dare to be seen. And we, and we dare to stand in who we are. Because mm-hmm. I think that's... I think that's one of the hardest things I've had to do. And I see it in when I coach all my beautiful women. When I really push them into standing in who they are. Mm-hmm. The, the difficulty that takes because it's so against our conditioning. It's so against what we've been taught to believe. To be able to celebrate yourself and stand in yourself and honour yourself and love yourself. It's so against what we are what we are taught to believe about ourselves so let's take a little bit of a of a u-turn and i want to talk about um intended versus unintended impact um mm-hmm. which is which is something that you talk about a lot and i think it's it's very beautiful and very important so can you tell us tell us a bit about what that means so um when we do stuff normally normal people normal people, people. <laughs> i don't know what normal is <laughs> no we don't at the moment that's for sure yeah um I have good intentions you know uh so when we do something uh like a real example so when i oh no i can't say that when i drop an email to someone about something uh because i'm concerned about someone that we both know um and it comes from a really good place of you know wanting to care but they're in a really bad mood and when they read the email they read all this negativity into it which was never intended yeah and get really upset and like send an awful email back i have to go hang on a minute that was not my intention yeah but because the other person was in a different frame of mind probably had had a rubbish day was really stressed they interpreted my words in their value system mm. and read something very different than what I wrote. That's unintended impact. And now you've got to decide, well, okay, is that my responsibility or their responsibility? And, and what's the answer to that? Because I'm guessing it's not a simple one. It isn't a simple one. It's actually, uh, don't, don't send emails about emotive things. <laughs> no. <laughs> um it's actually about communication and it's about um it's about conversation and it's about dialogue uh and it's about knowing you know I mean I god I've been at this stuff 15 years and uh I still mess up you know but I know that I go with good intention I never go up to hurt anyone I never set out to upset anyone do I of course I do is that my intention absolutely not I think there's there's also some real consciousness around this intended and unintended impact because we can mm-hmm. pop we can put it into our everyday lives can't we um in how we want to be and how we want to show up so yeah. 
I can come downstairs and see that, you know, the breakfast dishes haven't been cleared up or my kids haven't made their bed. And from my unintended impact, I can just get in a mood and scream at everybody. Mm -hmm. But just to take that moment and say, what is my intention here? How do I want to, you know, how do I want to impact this situation? Well, I want my kids to understand they have to make their bed. Okay, so perhaps screaming isn't the best thing. So you can have this whole conversation with yourself, right? Well, and I think where you're pointing to is usually unintended impact comes from a set of assumptions. So when you Mm -hmm. come downstairs and nobody's put the dishes away, you make up that you're going to have to do it. (laughs) I don't know. Well, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely making that up. Am I making that up? Yes, I hear you. Yeah. Um, And so it's kind of like, well, is that true? And, you know, we make up all sorts of rules about what things mean and don't mean and... So back to the intended, unintended impact for a minute. Um, is is that is that what you mean by just sort of taking a moment to get clear about what your intention is, whether you're so, writing an email or screaming at your kids? Yeah. Here's the thing, right? There's something about when you have a positive, like we call it life-affirming, you know, when you have a life-affirming intention and you remind yourself, that actually this comes from a good place. I'll speak personally. I am more likely to take bigger risks in the things that I do because I know that I am trying to have a good impact. Yeah. Whereas if I assume that I, you know, I I never come from a a life-diminishing place, but if if I start off with the perspective that this could hurt someone or do damage or whatever I'm less likely to move forward I'm less likely to take that risk and so something about the the personal permission that gives you beautiful and knowing what you want to create yeah and also that there's a piece here as well which is about taking responsibility for the impact that you have so if you do mess up actually tidying up your mess yeah what if you're not allowed to tidy up your mess like what if someone doesn't want to let you tidy up that mess well then that's where you have to learn to be unattached (laughs) (laughs) oh that one oh that one rears its ugly head oh yes that old chestnut (laughs) yeah yeah so just Um, not attaching yourself and not getting caught up in what the outcome will be or what your agenda is in that moment yeah or even like I mean I used to uh and this showed up in so many places in my life I had to be understood mm. people needed to understand me yes 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 and I got so attached to that and it's probably because I didn't feel understood as a kid you know um and I would go out of my way to explain Right. And uh, justify and all that kind of stuff. And actually, it was not needed. So, one of the things I stopped doing was re- I removed the word because out of my vocabulary. Huh. Wow. And I, what I trusted was that if people wanted more information, they'd ask for it. I mean, that takes some, I was balls. That really, that takes a very, grounded person um and you can start small 
you know, it doesn't have to be the biggest, most serious thing that you're doing. You know, it can be day-to-day conversations. Yeah. You know, it could be, uh, will you make your bed without the because? If you don't, I'll have to, blah, 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 Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, of course, yes. Mm -hmm. And if they want more information, just trust that they'll ask. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They'll definitely have something to say on it, but yeah. Mm. Amazing. So it's just not being attached. It's about not being attached to, yeah, whether it's being understood or getting the right answer. I mean, what I the I remember coaching someone. I was leading a coach training course. This was a, a great example of the difference between being attached and not being attached. And the one of my assistants asked me, would I coach them? And they wanted to be coached on. They had a sample session with this client in the evening. And uh, this woman was completely paralyzed. And I was like, what is going on? And she was like, but, you know, I, I have to get this client and it's really important. And, and I was like, oh, my goodness. She's so attached to the client yeah. saying yes. She can't function. Oh. So there was no space for a no or a something else. Do you know, when you speak, Ronnie, it sounds so simple. You know, it's so yeah. simple. It's taken over a decade to make it sound simple. <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly, in all of our coaching sessions, there have been so many times where you've just said one thing and it's completely changed how I have viewed something. I, I will mm. never, ever forget I had a real hang-up that at one point that I wasn't earning as much money as my husband. I had a real hang up about it. And by, you know, coming out of my hairdressing and into the coaching, I, I took a, quite a big pay cut mm-hmm. and I had a real issue with it. And mm. you asked me the question of, well, what, what do you, what else do you bring to the partnership? I was like, oh, and, and in that moment, I knew that I brought so much. I might not bring the financial side. Mm. And I, I never, from that one question, I dropped it. Mm. I've never had a hang up about it since. That's the power of coaching and being able to let go of the things that that are holding you hostage, but actually don't really matter to you. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I, I remember that time and I remember, I remember like the complete attachment to earning the same amount or whatever, bringing the same amount of money in. And like what it meant about you, you made it mean something about you if you yeah. didn't. Yeah. And all we did was unpack it. All we did yeah. was unpack it. Yeah. And it honestly, since then, I felt so much more powerful in my relationship because we both right. bring so much, but such different stuff. And mm-hmm. he wouldn't thrive without me and I wouldn't thrive without him. That's why we are a partnership. Beautiful. So, yeah, Beautiful. it was lovely. Thank you for that. Yeah, no worries. I have one final question, which I would guess I would like, I would really like your wisdom on. So we now know what it looks like to be authentic. We now know the importance of it. um, All the things that can get in the way that stop us from standing in that. Mm -hmm. How would you say someone can really stand in their power? Um, To basically do their own work, you know. Uh, you know, start start down the road of personal development. 
you know, uh, the book I always recommend to all of my new clients um, is Taming Your Gremlin mm. because um, it's really important to understand what we do to ourselves. Uh, I love the strap line on this book, by the way. Uh, it's a surprisingly simple method of getting out of your own way. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've the read that book. Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. on the bookshelves for donkey's years. And, and just to contextualise why it's important, uh, for every value uh, that we have, um, if we're either obsessive about that value or we're not honouring that value, it turns into self-sabotage. So if I have a value around quality, but I'm taking it to an extreme, then yeah. my, perf- my perfectionist saboteur is showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I'm getting nothing done because I'm waiting to get hundred percent of the information and I'm not making a decision. And that's not valuable. That is not you yeah. standing in your values, right? Right. But if I'm 80% sure and the rest is my gut feel, then I can move. I can move pretty quickly. Obviously I can, I can ask other people for their input as well. I can ask for help even imagine that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, well, we're laughing because it, we don't. We often assume again, in inverted commas, that we can't ask for help. See that? Well, I mean, yeah, for me, it was even worse than that. Not only could I not ask for help, I thought I needed to know what kind of help I needed before I could ask for it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I couldn't make it more. Com- couldn't have made it more complicated. No. So. The fear of what it says just from asking for help, right? For me, it was a fear of rejection. What if they say no? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine, what, what mine, if... was, mine was, what if they think I'm stupid? Right. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we all, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we're sitting here with God knows how many years experience as coaches and, uh, and leadership trainers. <clears throat> and... The truth is that we all have this stuff. And um, as I said to someone, um, no, most people, most of the time, you know, in coaching, we don't create anything. All we do is uncover what's already there. Yeah. So the client can be more informed and then make better life decisions. Yeah. And so, yeah. and it, you, know, you know, as well as I do, it is actually hugely rewarding to start to find out who you are. Like who you are really without all the social conditioning and the family conditioning and all that other stuff. Um, although I have to say, I'm not going to swear, but I, throughout the swear. years... You can swear on here. Okay. Yeah. So throughout the years, I would say, not another fucking learning opportunity. <laughs> How many times have I sat on the other end of the phone to you saying, again, I'm here again? Yeah. How am I here yeah. again? We just did this a month ago. It yeah. doesn't stop. It will no, never the end. Learning, the learn, it's it's cyclical. Cyclical is that a word? Cyclical. cyclical. Yeah. You mean it goes so in cycles? I, I, yeah. It goes in cycles. Yeah. And and the way I think about it is, it's a bit like we've got seven layers of skin. You have to go round the same thing, at least seven times from various different angles in various different circumstances, to oh. keep coming back to the thing, that's getting in your way. Yeah. yeah yeah like for me it's like oh really not not that not good enough again yeah you know yeah 
Um, and mine is my fear of being stupid. My fear of thinking right. people people thinking I'm stupid again. Yeah. Come back to it all the time. And the other one I always come back to is um, the fear of. <laughs> in, interestingly, and I didn't think this would come up, but it ties into the the question of the fear of standing in who I really am, like really standing in my power. Mm. Scares the life out of me. And what does it give you when you do? Just total aliveness and resonance <laughs> and fulfillment. Yeah. And impact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And alignment. Like it gives me everything. It gives me my complete and utter identity. It's who I am now. And even as you speak, you know, the the sense of identity, this the strength, the just like this is who I am, is um it's palpable thank you and and the and the one thing I will say is that people that do struggle to find their authenticity it's it's a hard thing to do on your own um Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate that I had you in my corner and I had you know a loving supportive husband and two best friends who loved me through thick and thin I had these these solid people in my life um Mm. you can't do it on your own well, I couldn't do it. I, no, and neither could I. Um, and and the reason for that is it's like your brain's a dangerous place, so don't go there alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Your your brain's a dangerous place, so don't go there alone. Yeah. And so you know, people who want to like just even are curious about uh, what it is to be authentic, then just you know. Dip your toe in the water of taming your gremlin or do some sample sessions with three different coaches and just get curious about, you know, what it might give you. Yeah. Ronnie, thank you so much for your time today and and being here. And I mean, you know how much I adore you and thank you for showing up and being who you are so that you gave me the permission to be who I am always. My pleasure. It's an absolute honour to be asked and I hope people get some value out of it. Oh, they will. Thank you. You have been listening to the Female in Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Goodman. Thank you so much for your time and for listening today. If you love this podcast and found value in it, please go and subscribe, write a brilliant review and go and share it with your friends who need a bit of femaling in their world. You can find me on all social media channels for more of my work, Instagram at Nicole Goodman underscore coach, Facebook Nicole Goodman Women's Identity Coach and you can also find my private Facebook group where all the magic of conversation happens with a really amazing community of women. Thank you again for joining me today. This has been Femaling. I'll be back next week with another episode and remember it is the most exciting time to be a woman.